Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to Fueled by the Outdoors podcast. If you like what you hear, please be sure to subscribe, tell us what you think in the comment section, and leave us a review. I just hammered a good one. Asher! Never seen that deer before. It's a tough pill to swallow after having that deer at 18 yards. We're going to Fuel by the Outdoors. I'm Rick Cates, and my co-host, Christopher Leppert, is here. What's up? And we are joined by our third wheel, Josh Luck. How's it going, Josh? It's going well. The forever third wheel. Forever the third wheel. You like that extra baggage that somebody leaves at the airport. They tell you not to touch. But you guys touch me, so I appreciate that. We do. We, we, we pick you up and t- bring you on the plane. Um, That's right. So, uh, turkey, turkey season's <laughs> over with. Everyone here killed turkeys, which is huzzah. We all we all did something that a lot of people uh, didn't get to do this year, um, apparently, based off of numbers that you're probably seeing and things that you're hearing all over the Internet, depending upon what uh, articles you read and things like that. So uh, normally I would want to move into fishing, but we are not going down that route because the weather has been so nice and it's been such uh, I mean, for all intents and purposes, it's been a pretty mild spring in some ways. Not not a lot mm-hmm. of gully washers or anything like that. So we're actually going to start covering deer scouting. Uh, you know, we, we've talked about this before. Um, turkey season ultimately is one of the best times you can start scouting for deer because you can see trails because you can find beds because uh your you know it's it's just i i don't know it just it just seems like it's an easier time to do that kind of stuff mm-hmm. so uh josh you and chris went to uh a property in kentucky what this past past weekend Last weekend is when you went. Oh, when we were um, turkey hunting on the on the last weekend of Kentucky. Is that what you're talking about? No, I'm talking about like when you and Chris did the ten mile day. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that was turkey hunting. Oh, you that were turkey, turkey hunting? hunting. Oh, oh yeah. Never mind then. So I got my day. I think my things confused. It was did, like I, me asking stags about crossbows. Well, exactly. So you're a crossbow guy, so right? Uh, no, I'm not. Um, oh, you're not the crossbow CEO I was going to interview? Never mind. 
Um, so you guys scouted different areas then, like each separate, correct? Yes. Because okay. nobody, um, like if he was my little brother and he was dying and tomorrow was his last day, I might take him there. <laughs> but aside from that, like, yeah, the spot that I went to, I don't take anybody to. Um, I do have a couple of buddies that uh, could or would go to that, I guess. But um, I'm pretty much the main person that hunts it for the most part. Nice. Nice. So. Hey, have you ever heard the story of uh, when Terry Bradshaw was the quarterback at Louisiana? I think it was Louisiana State. No, Louisiana Tech. Um, and the guy who runs, who was running um, old guy ran duck uh duck call company yeah yeah oh willie robertson yeah yeah the old guy willie yeah yeah yeah. so did you guys ever hear the story about him and like when he took terry bradshaw duck hunting Uh uh-uh no so like terry bradshaw tells this story that you know they're they're both quarterbacks on the team and he said willie robertson was a better quarterback than him which again Terry Bradshaw's a stealer. I don't put a whole lot of faith in that. <laughs> um, but he said that the guy goes, Hey, like you want to go duck hunting this weekend? He goes, yeah. He's like, okay. He goes, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get, I got the boat. I got stuff. And he's like, I'll, you know, just meet me here at this time. So he's like, he's like, but that's, that's not a, like, he goes, just meet me here at this time. So he gets him, uh, I guess they meet up and he gets him either in the truck or in the boat. And he puts a, like a burlap sack over his head, like Terry Bradshaw's head. And then he does, he's like, he goes, I got all your stuff in the boat. So like they're running like through the bayou with a bag on Terry Bradshaw's <laughs> head and the duck commander command, like piloting the boat. And like, he pulls it off when they get there. So they go, they shoot all these ducks. He goes, put the bag back on your head because we're leaving. <laughs> and he, and he said, he said like he did that every time they went duck hunting because his spot was so closely guarded. He did not want anybody to know where he duck hunted at. You know what though? I'd be the first dude to raise my hand and be super honored to put the damn bag on my head. Oh, that somebody yeah. would want to share that with me. Yep. So that's where like, and it's one of those things. Um, where, you know, I got all kinds of spots and share them with buddies, mm-hmm. but this one, this one's for me. So and that's um, okay. Yeah. So, um, man, I, I'm going to, I'll just tell you about my day. I'll get it over with quick. Uh, I thought I was going to get this over with quick and it turned into not quick. Um, <laughs> I had five cameras to set up and, Essentially, um, I hunt a lake and I access via the water and um, use a kayak. And so I get out in this lake and uh, you got to drag the kayak quite a ways to it. And um, so that I don't know, it's probably like a 300 yard drag. 250 300 yards but it's downhill there so had a pretty good probably i don't know three quarters of a mile maybe half mile somewhere around there nothing crazy get out there 
and it's just way hotter than I expected, or so yeah, I thought. It was. It was, was it the eighty degree day? Hot. Uh, it was hotter than that. Oh jeez! And it no, was it, super yeah, humid. It was, it was in the eighties. I went that. I went early that day. Yeah, you went that. Yeah, you went early. I went in the morning. It was cooler, and then as I was finishing up, you were yep. going out, and I'm like, yep. "It's getting hot." Yeah, <laughs> and and I really, I forget exactly what. Oh, uh, the wife took the kids to church and everything, and I wanted to do like family breakfast and all that. So we did that, and then once she left, I left. So, but got these cameras set up man and it just took way longer than expected and then um ended up finding the buck i i would call it the bed uh was there a good, balloon there uh so down below it there was what are you um, saying <laughs> i'm not shitting you at all i was That's laughing awesome. my ass off <laughs> um it was probably i don't know 60 yards or so below there's a, a damn balloon laying there. <laughs> I thought that son of a bitch ain't stupid. He knows what he's talking about. <laughs> so, and it's funny, like uh, me and Jake are out there scouting and we we're bitching about people releasing balloons, you know, like littering up all the woods and we see balloon balloon and we find a shed, we find a shed, we find a shed. And then we get out of the balloons and we're out of the sheds. We're like, Man, this is pretty crazy. So, um, but on my way back, I was struggling, man. I was just beat. Probably didn't have the water that I should have. But what I didn't know is I was pretty sick and actually running a fever as well. So um, I thought I had COVID so much. And the people that know me know that I'm not like a big, you know, COVID test guy or anything like that so um i asked my wife to to test me just to figure out because i mean dude i got that kayak up to the truck and i am sucking wind i mean i'm like bent over and i just i had nothing it was terrible i'm like what in the hell is wrong with me well i tested negative but whatever the hell i had drained my energy that day and the next day um really today's the first day that i felt pretty good yesterday i felt okay and then today i felt pretty good so um i was roughed the hell up and i stuck a cell cam up for those of you that wonder if you can do that on public you can it's just got to be on the right spots where a billion people aren't walking and you know get them up high or whatever mm -hmm. Um, don't go walking around all the public land in Ohio looking up now for Chris's <laughs> cameras, but, um, <clears throat> you're going to have to have the right equipment to get to them or be a damn Billy goat. Ibex like Pierce. So, but, uh, already got a few pictures of what I believe to be some pretty gorgeous looking velvet bucks, but they're not super detailed. Um, it's been like mainly, uh, in fact, all of them have been transition picks when you're mm -hmm. like in that, you know, twilight area, it's not yeah. quite light, not quite dark and like a gray photo. Yeah. It's always a gray photo and kind of pixelated. So, um, and it turns out with the Tacticam gen one, we can now no longer, 
uh, download HD picks, which kind of really? sucks. Yeah, that's a that's the D blower for me. So because that's what I was looking forward to. I'm like, oh, just download the HD pick and see whatever I want. Nerp. So, but uh, Is that only for their newer generation cams now. Yep. Yep. Huh. Yeah, I spoke with a guy that works with and for them and all that yesterday about it, and I'm like, well, that sucks. Thanks. Yeah, that's to get people to move on to their newer generations. Probably. Planned so, obsolescence. Yeah. Yeah, that. Spell that. P L A N N E D space. Not- <laughs> I didn't need the plan part. Right? <laughs> I was kidding, though, too. Um, so, anywho, that's pretty much the story of my scouting trip. Uh, it went fairly smooth, just took way longer and uh, at one point I thought I was going to have to call my wife and have her send somebody to get me out of the lake. So it was pretty rough. Yeah. I was struggling to paddle. It was, that's a bad day, man. It was rough, but I was also super happy because, uh, having cameras at that spot means a lot. So good deal. Good deal. Yeah, so, so Josh, could, could you, well, I, I have a couple of questions for Chris because okay. I, I would like him to elaborate a little bit for the listeners. So what are your coordinates? <laughs> so if you're able to Chris, cause I know you went in specifically to look for beds and you yes. had an inkling of where those beds were <laughs> based on like the topo maps and stuff yeah. you're using. So are, are you able to kind of describe how you think these bucks are using the topography and like what they're coming down into or going up into. Yeah. So, so those bucks, um, there's like, so you've got a Ridge system that's running East and West. We'll call it roughly. And, um, you've got what you'd call like a, I mean, I mean, I don't know if knob, would really be the correct answer because a knob is actually a high point at the top of a hill or something like that. Um, I call them knobs in a sense though, that, you know, out on the end of a secondary ridge, but we'll call it a, a tiny secondary ridge that, you know, you have all those different little secondary ridges that jut out from your main ridge system. And uh, there was one that got my attention uh, pretty well. And um with what I watched deer do before and um, just looking at that topo, I'm like, there has got to be a buck bed up there, hands down. And sure enough, I mean, I walked, literally I looked at the map and, and walked right to it. I couldn't believe it. And it's, it's one of those things where, and, and I want everybody to understand, I'm still learning all this as well. This is a completely new way for me to learn to hunt, you know, bed hunting. And, um, but I, I believe it's the best and most efficient way. So you find beds and we found a bunch of them this winter and during Turkey season and all that. And some of them will have a decent amount of hair. Some of them, you got to pull the leaves up to find a hair or two. This one had plenty of hair to where you could just look down and see hair without even bending over and it was beat down. And, and what I liked about this, you know, finding them in the winter is a little easier because you can see farther and everything, 
but right now vegetation is growing. So Mm -hmm. you know that when the grass and the little plants are broken and beat down, you know that that's being bedded in now. And what are we looking at right now? We're looking at south winds, southwest winds, west-southwest wind, you know, all that southerly stuff is happening a lot right now. So um, for me, I looked at, you know, one of those little secondary ridges that sets up with that, and I'll be damned if I didn't walk right to that that bed. And he actually nice. looked at it, and I'm like, you know, he could kind of technically be bedded on different winds here if he really wanted to. And sure enough, like it was literally exactly how I called it. And it, it's one of those things that, you know, it makes you feel good. It's not always going to work out like that. Most of the time it probably won't, but in this situation it did. And it was just super cool. So I picked a spot to stick a camera, uh, well below the bed and, um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, I mean, I got buck picks the next day. So it's, it's one of those things where you're like, when you're right, you're right. And, you know, maybe I blow it. Maybe I don't kill a buck there or whatever, but, uh, I'm excited to feel in the game in May. I can tell you that. So all I need is, you know, other people not to screw it up and, you know, mother nature to cooperate and give me the right wind to hunt. And, uh, I'm going to have to go through hell to get there. Um, with the way I'm going to have to take to sneak in on that deer, but I'm going to do it. So we're going to film it. It's going to be awesome. Nice. Yeah. I'm hoping uh, you get a crack at that deer early. Uh, season. Yeah. There, I mean, I'll, I'll hunt that deer the first weekend. Like we're, we're going to go kill him or one of his buddies. I mean, had multiple deer there last year that were, really nice um Mm -hmm. so and i passed one and uh, a buddy of mine uh passed one as well so i mean we basically passed like a hundred and probably 138 to 142 inch deer and 133 ish (sighs) inch deer yeah um in in the matter of a couple weekends so on 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 public, not too many people will pass this deer on public. On public, on film, and not like on film right. 75 yards away. On film, like I could spit in that deer's mouth. <laughs> like I, you see my knee in the camera frame as I'm panning downward at the deer. Like he was toast. So. Just wanted to take a second to tell you about all our other content. If you're on Facebook, head on over to the Fueled by the Outdoors Facebook page. We currently have over 18,000 members of people who love the outdoors, from the mobile hunter all the way to the hiking enthusiast. Come interact and talk all things outdoors with a robust community of people. Fan of product reviews, fishing, hunting videos? Go check out the Fueled by the Outdoors YouTube channel. If there's any topic or content you would like for us to cover, just send us a message. And if you like what you're seeing and hearing, then hit that join or subscribe button. We hope all our content fuels your passion for the outdoors.
That's pretty cool though. So, um, with that said, Josh, you did a little bit of scouting as well so far. I did that same day you went scouting. Um, I, I went scouting earlier in the day. I got up, um, pretty early right after daylight I wanted to get started because I knew it was going to be hot. Um, but this was an area I've been wanting to scout. I hunted it a little bit during turkey season. This is an area that Rick had actually mentioned uh, for turkey hunting. Uh, but while I was there, turkey hunting did some scouting and picked out some spots on the map where I wanted to hang cameras and stuff. Um, so when I went out the other weekend, I took, I think I had five cameras with me as well. <laughs> um, I don't know how many I was going to hang, but I took five and I was going to a new area of the property that I didn't go to at all during turkey season. Um, cause I already knew some of the other areas where I wanted to hang cameras from when I was walking around turkey hunting. Um, so I wanted to go scout the areas that I hadn't been to yet and see what was over there. So the area I went to, I got in this block of timber and I was, I started my tracker uh on my phone and i i looked at the time a little later i was only there like 10 minutes and as i was working into this block of timber i spooked two different deer uh, i stopped on this trail because over on the private that was 100 or so yards away i could see they had uh, uh logged it and there was like some fresh grass and stuff growing up and there were three does feeding over there and then I went up a little further and like spooked a couple more. So like within 10 minutes, I was like, holy cow, there's what, three, four, five, like almost seven deer that I ran into. I'm like, well, this must be a good little spot. Um, but I, I went past all that um, because there was a, a taller, um, I call them CRP fields. They're basically just grown up fields. Um, I don't know if you guys refer to them as CRP, but I do. And what I learned last year hunting Kentucky, I kind of had to change my mindset because I grew up hunting Ohio and our season opens at the end of September. Um, and what I learned, so, so last year I tried to focus on more early season tactics because we get to hunt it right at the beginning of September, you know, when some of the bucks still have their velvet on and they're not quite transitioning to some of the oaks. Um, I feel like in Ohio that you, we get them right in that transition period and they can be hard to target at times. Um, so last year I had noticed a lot of the, these bigger deer I were seeing were using some of these grown up CRP fields because they were just hard to get to. I mean, some of those fields, by the time September came around, the grass was, I'm six foot and in parts it was over my head. Um, and a lot of them will have like these little autumn thickets or, or will have some little honeysuckle thickets in it. Um, so there's a lot of different uh vegetation mm -hmm. in these areas and it gives them a lot of security cover um so on this property i went to there was this it was if you're looking on a topo it's like a like a ridge system it's like a tall ridge there's the crp field on top of it um so that was my destination to go to um so i get up there and it's the same thing i had noticed from last season um, you know, stuff was coming up. I could see brows. There was a uh, green briar that had been browsed on, on the tops. Mm -hmm. There's another plant. Rick, I don't know if I sent this to you. I sent it to Chris. I have no idea what it is. I need to figure out what it is, but it's like this small little tree with these little green 
leaves on it that the deer were just hammering. It looked like a, a pretty common early season food source for them. That huh. also grows up in these fields, and they were just getting hammered. Um, so that was a good sign. So I was seeing a lot of browse lines and stuff. Um, and I went up to this area um, on this ridge and right off to the side of where all the tall CRP was, there was this little open area. It, it transitioned into the timber, um, but it wasn't big timber. It was like smaller timber, but it had enough area for deer to walk in. And, that. and right on the point, I found a bed. Um, and so I, I go up to it and, I, and I'm checking it out. It did. So at my, my first glance, it didn't look like a very big bed. I, I figured it to be a doe bed. There, were, there was hair in it and stuff, but I got to looking around and there were right next to the bed, there were one, two, there were about four trees that had rubs on them from last season. Um, and I'm looking around and I can see some, a couple rubs like off back a few yards behind it. And I think it was a buck bed just based, I, I mean, it wasn't a large bed, so I don't know if it was a big buck, but it looked like a buck had been using it just based on all the rubs and everything that was around it. It was set up on that point to where it was looking out in front of it. So if, if someone was to walk in that CRP field, that deer would know. Like it was, it was facing the access. Um, so that was pretty neat. Um, I, I stuck around that area. I found a couple other beds. And then um, I found a licking branch. I actually found it had hair on it. It still had hair on it, which I hadn't had that happen before yet. So that was pretty neat. Um, so I stuck one camera out over there and uh, I continued to, to look in the CRP field. And I found tons of beds. Um, I found in the CRP another... field or actually in the woods facing the CRP field? In, in the CRP field. Okay. But, which is what I found. I found. I mean, I was actually listening to uh, a podcast the other day where Dan Infault actually uh, did an episode on hunting like CRP fields and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So as I was listening to it, I'm like, yeah, this is some of the same stuff I'm seeing. Because you'll get small terrain features in the CRP field. You'll get some high points where they can bed up. I mean, you'll get little small thickets where they'll bed on the edge of it, but it's still in the grass. Right. And then they can see out in front of them. Um, there are other spots where they'll have like thermals to their advantage and stuff. So it's, they're just great places to scout in my opinion. Um, but there was another small patch of trees in the middle of the CRP and just off, I guess, what would be the South end of it. There were multiple beds that were mm -hmm. beaten down. I mean, right now we have optimal, optimal weather for grass to grow and the grass was brown and it had a ton of hair in it. And nice. I had a, I had a full length, um, lone wolf stick and like I set the stick in the bed to measure it and it was bigger than the stick. So, and there were, there were about four of them out there. So I don't know if it was just a couple deer rotating between beds or like a small bachelor group. Um, I almost stuck a camera there, but from what I learned last year, I know by the time we get into July, August, yep. that grass is going to be <laughs> real tall. And I'm just going to have tons of pictures of grass blowing. So yep. I opted out of doing that. Um, and I found, I found a couple other beds like that there. And then um, I found a lot of older rubs on like the far south end where it gets thick. 
Um, so it was a pretty good trip as far as learning. I only hung the one camera. Now, as far as that fuel goes, I do have um, a kind of a backup plan because it's not necessarily hard to get to or hard to access. It is hard to hunt because there's no real trees to hunt around it. You'd have mm -hmm. to hunt the edges or get in like a ghillie suit and, and hunt in the field somewhere, which is, can be very difficult. Um, so my next trip out, my goal is to do basically what Chris did, go off these secondary ridge points and scout those. Um, so you got this, if you can imagine this main ridge and you got this tall grown up CRP field on top. Mm -hmm but then you'll have these small secondary points coming off of it, um, which, which kind of have little flats. So I want to go scout those, see if there's any Oaks there um, for, you know, later in September when they may be transitioning to hit the Oaks. Um, and then there's, there's a spot where a couple secondary points come down and it makes almost a bowl. It looks like a thermal hub mm -hmm. and there's some small little saddles and stuff. So that to me, even though I found all that sign in the CRP field, there's definitely deer and I think there's bucks there, but later in the year, once we get out of like September and stuff, I think I'm going to find them a little bit more on the secondary ridge points and in that bowl and thermal. Yep. And that. So mm -hmm. that's, that's going to be the next time I go out. I'm so excited for you to kill that giant down there. He's going <laughs> to so be, he's going to be like, <laughs> I'm going to say that deer is going to be in the 60s, mid-60s this year. That's my guess. You would. So for the listeners, Chris is talking about the deer I was on last year, mm -hmm. which is on a different piece. Um, yeah, Your first year hunting that piece, I, I'd like yeah. to add. And you, like, knowing what we know now, were you in the game? I would say probably not. But I feel like you were on that deer pretty good for being – your first year hunting there at all. Mm -hmm. And and I only say not because of what you and I know yeah. um, from like what other dude told you, what you saw on cam, stuff like that. So, um, mm -hmm. but you're going to be right there this year. Yeah. Fingers crossed. He, fingers crossed. He made it through the season. I got confirmation that he made it through the season on one of my cameras. The second buck, uh, the second largest buck on that piece uh died i don't know what from but i ended up finding him um i got a salvage tag sucks for him yeah, yeah it sucks and then the one deer that you and i both had encounters <laughs> rick i don't i don't know what happened in that deer so i know there's at least one nice deer on that piece as long that as could be a damn good deer him. yeah that's a, that that other deer could still end up being a pretty good deer as well oh yeah <clears throat> yeah that that deer it was you're talking about that 10 point that recognized yeah 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 he was in the he was in the 30s do you think he was two or three i think he was three 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 yeah Dude, that so could be a... <laughs> he could be in the 40s this and year. he's a 10 yeah. 10 yeah that deer could be way bigger. could be a slouch <laughs> be 150 inch deer or more <clears throat> so I'll, I'll probably finish scouting this new place and I haven't decided yet. I may just go hang cams at the other place where I've already done some scouting. There's like a couple spots I want to check out at that place I hunted last year, but I do plan on changing my cameras a little bit. Um, 
and kind of tweaking that to hone in even more on where I think that big deer was. Mm -hmm. Um, so I may just like go ahead and do that and then finish my scouting at this other place. I don't know yet. Not a bad idea. Not a bad oh, idea. Yeah, I'll be excited to link up here soon and do some scouting with both of you guys and just kind of show you what I've been fortunate enough to learn. And, um, it's pretty, pretty damn cool. Like, and again, got to put this into practice this fall, but I have every confidence in the world that there are going to be a lot of deer hitting the ground this fall. We can only hope so. I no. would say uh, I would have a scouting story, but I don't have one right now. So, <laughs> uh, well, we'll get you out. I know. I've, I've got a, uh, it's not going to be until after. I mean, like I said, I'm going to be out of the country here for a little while because vacation season starts. It's Chris's favorite season. Um, well, I would say, I wouldn't say you haven't done any scouting. You've done some scouting. No, I've done. Yeah, I've done some scouting at home. I haven't gotten out and done like any of the public land stuff that I would like to have done like we did last year. Uh, it just I have not had time that has afforded me to be ability to do that, especially with the way kind of turkey season went and trying to get that second bird and, uh, you know, really putting in a little bit more effort during that season versus and scouting for that season versus going and maybe scouting a little bit harder for deer uh, early on, like, I mean, early March, but you know, it, this is a great time to get out and do it. And it, it just because you haven't gotten out right now, doesn't mean that you can't get out in a, you know, a few weeks Kentucky season comes in <clears throat> September 3rd. Um, that is the opening date for sure, because it is also the same day as the Ohio state Notre Dame football game that starts <laughs> at seven 30 at night. So I need a deer to walk in front of me at 6 PM that day and just be done with it. And to only fall like two yards from my truck. Chris, Chris and I will are going to miss out on the opener in Kentucky. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. You actually yeah. made my you made my heart drop into my ass when you said it. I was like, <laughs> the hell we are. What are you talking about? We're not watching that damn game. But now I understand. <laughs> yeah. Um we'll, we'll be in a different state. Yes, you will yep. be. Hope be. and we, you know, hopefully you guys drop one out there. Uh we're gonna drop oh. a few. Um gonna hit Nebraska for their opener and hope we get into some muleys and maybe a whitetail or something and we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. Good so, deal. All right. Well, concluder, Josh. You're making me go first again. Yep. Yep. You're not a host. Get over it. <laughs> uh, concluder. Like we just said, right. It's, it's a good time to get out. Um, my advice, my concluder is during the summer, it gets, it gets very hot when you're out there all day. <clears throat> I like to go early mornings when it's not as hot, but if, if you are going out, be sure to just pack some water with you, pack a snack. So that way you're, you know, when you're out there busting your ass, you're not getting dehydrated and, and working too hard. Um, that's something we've, we've kind of learned is just always stay hydrated when you're out there. Cause you, you could be out there 
and just get, you know, engulfed in what you're doing and just not think about it. And like six hours go past and it's like 80 degrees out there. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times it's hotter than that. And I'll add Mm -hmm. a little bit there. I mean, I think we've talked about this a little bit, but this is last summer. Um, So for our two and a half new listeners, uh, they'll get to hear this story. But um, no, in all seriousness, uh, Josh is 100% correct. Hydrate before you go, like the day before you go, and then the morning and on your way. You you need to be pissing every half hour to 40 minutes like that kind of water drinkage because um, when you get out there, at least for me, I know everybody reacts different. Um, I can make it, but I get lethargic if I don't have water and, and plenty. And then later that day, and especially into that night and the next day, I'll have a headache from hell, like a migraine and it gets bad. And I remember, uh, we were, so this is the actual story. Um, Pierce and I had met up one day to go scout. I had set just an absolute shitload of cameras up all over this WMA. And we took even more to go. I think, I, I think total we had at one point was like 18 cameras on this smaller WMA and, uh, we had it covered and he didn't bring any water with him. And I think I brought three or four of those big, like liters or whatever mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. you get. Yeah. It's a liter of water, liter of water. Um, <laughs> they're by Farva. <laughs> no little uh udf bottles but uh i had plenty and i was like hey you want some water he's like no nah, i'll be fine we we stopped again and i could tell you know it was a a little different i said you want some water no nah, i'll be fine i said hey listen i know you're tough like this isn't tough. Just so you know, like you're going to want to drink some water, bro. You're going to be miserable. I have all the waters right here. Take one. Like I brought this, you know, to be comfortable and sort of just in case. And well, now we're at just in case. So here's a nice, delicious bottle of water. Enjoy it. And later on, he's like, it's a good thing you had that water. (laughs) Uh, And and it was, I mean, it's, it's just one of those things where you really don't think about it. I think hydration is probably the most underrated thing people do in anything in life. Like I remember when me and Luke were shooting together, dude, we, we drank water like it was our job. And that was something that we like coached each other on throughout the shoots it's like hey you drinking water make sure you're drinking water drink water stop sit down and take a drink like get a drink of water just hydrate so um you know didn't drink you know more than a beer the night before a tournament or something no pop you know just trying to pump that water in so definitely something that's important um my concluder though is uh I'm going to take a page out of one of my favorite, um, I guess, personalities, celebrities. He's celeb status, so I'll use that. He's earned it. (laughs) Uh, Tony Peterson uh, with uh, Wired to Hunt. Um, What what would you call his segment? Does he have 
foundations found yes yes foundations foundations. like literally my favorite thing to listen to because he's such a good writer and speaker um he talks about kind of embracing the suck um summer scouting sucks balls Mm -hmm. like it's terrible yeah um but it's amazing and i think my favorite people in the world are those that like that suffering um, you know, going through the briar. I actually just made a post about it going through the briars and the stupid ass ticks that are <laughs> everywhere. And for some reason they love Pierce, um, the mosquitoes, <laughs> they could smell uh, the alpha gal on them. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, you, the one WMA him and I hunt, I mean, you bust your ass all the time going down the mountain, like you slip and fall so easily. Um, it's insane. Um, so, uh, embracing the suck, embracing the ticks, the mosquitoes, the briars, the sweat, uh, all that, the, the, for me, uh, won't be like that this year with these new boots. Thank, thank Jesus. Um, a a lot of times I had issues with my high ankle. Um, I get too overzealous going up and down hills, especially going up and I'd kind of, I don't know. What would you call it? Doctor, like overextend my, like overflex my foot to where it hurts the front high yeah. part of my ankle. Yeah. You're just using those muscles differently. Yeah. They almost, almost like, like a kind of a tendonitis. Yeah. I mean it, and it hurt, but it, it, um, it doesn't get to that point. It gets to the point where you're sore for a couple of days. Right. Yeah. That's, that's how it'd be. It'd be sore for a couple of days, sometimes a week if I did it kind of rough, but, um, with these Zamberlins I've been running, I'll go up and down, stretch my stride out as long as I want, whatever I want to do. And so far, let us pray. Uh, everything's been fine. So, um, my, my concluder though, is to embrace that suck and be efficient. Now I learned this from Jake. Uh, this is out of his book. Be efficient now and put your work in now. Um, and, you know, months ago, and don't spend so much time in the woods in the fall. If you do, you know, help your buddies or take a kid. I'm not telling you to not go hunting. I'm just simply saying, like, for a family man, it really helps tremendously to not have to spend 70 sits to kill a deer, right? To kill a buck. So, um, but with that said, Rick. Um, my concluders, uh, if you have the ability to take somebody in the outdoors in the coming weeks, it's a great time of year to do it. Um, if you got drawn for the Kentucky elk hunt, congratulations. I'm very envious of you. This is year number, <laughs> like, I don't know, 12, 13 that I've not gotten drawn. So, uh, if you got drawn kudos to you and if you're a Kentucky state legislator and you're listening to this right now you damn well better pass the legacy stamp that you keep talking about wanting to pass so I can get drawn by the time I'm 70 years old. But um, my actual concluder uh, is this. Even if you can't get out and scout in the woods, it's always good to start e-scouting. Um, Onyx, Spartan Forge, a base map, um, Google Maps, it, it, you know, even at, at some level can give you some type of overlay. And a little known thing that some people don't do. uh, If you don't want to use any of those things, uh, free services, Google Maps is good, but overlay that with your county's plat maps. 
So you can figure out who owns properties and things along those lines. Um, you may not get topo features, but you can get water features and things like that. So it's also a good way of kind of looking at it if you need to go start knocking on doors because it's better to knock on doors early than late right before the season because people don't want to be answering things right before deer season starts. So keep mm -hmm. that in mind as you start trying to build relationships with landowners. But this has been Fueled by the Outdoors. We've been your hosts, Rick Cates and Chris Leppert. And again, we've been joined by Josh Luck, guys. Uh, good luck scouting and have a great week. Talk to you later. Bye. See you. See you guys.